Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we're going to be uh, sort of doing a part two to what we talked about last week, where last week we were talking about um, some of the realities and the challenges uh, of working from home and kind of some things you have to be mindful of. Um, today we're going to get kind of a little bit more practical and dive into one of the some of the decisions that you have to make when you're working from home, uh, or at least when you're self-employed and having to like choose how your your computing setup is going to be, um, because you have a lot of options about how you're going to do this. And in the same way that I've tried a lot of different office environments, um, I've tr- also tried a lot of different computing environments. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's like I've had the, you know, the big I'm the big powerful iMac uh, approach. I've done the, you know, you have a 15 inch MacBook Pro that you do everything on, and you maybe connect it to an external monitor um i have a you know a little 12 inch macbook that i use for a lot of development and i've tried all kinds of various crazy things in between um because when when you're setting up your environment for working if you're self-employed or you're you're the one making that choice like it's love in the same way that with with all these things with working from home like it's this weird sort of double this double-edged sword of it's wonderful to tailor your your working environment to exactly what you like i mean and you can get crazy detailed about this you know like i have exactly the chair that i love sitting in front of the desk that i love with the mouse i love like with the keyboard i love like everything about my office environment is a choice i made and that's awesome and i didn't have to like fight with it to make that happen right it was i can just make these choices and like if there's costs associated with them, I'm just balancing those costs versus the benefits they give to me. And in general, I tend to take the approach of if I think it will make me enjoy working more, I'm going to do it because I do this a lot. You know, like the, I sit in front of this desk a lot. So I want the chair I sit in, for example, to be like top notch. But, the, you know, I think at its core of any of these setups is what computer are you going to choose to do your 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 working environment on? And I think um, there's... At a high level, there's probably two there's two approaches to this. Um, there's the kind of dedicated workstation with probably some kind of portable thing for occasional use, or you take the primarily portable solution. So you have the like my current setup as I take the I have an i you know a Retina iMac and a 12 inch MacBook, and that is what I do all my development on. And I do 99% of my development on my iMac, and I have a MacBook for when I'm on the road. Um, and before that, uh, the approach I had is I had a 15 inch MacBook Pro um, that I would plug into an you know to an external monitor sitting on my desk. And you take that approach where you just have like the one machine to rule them all approach that you take that same machine with you when you travel, you take, you take it to your, you know, your office, your desk, like wherever you are, you're always working on that. And I've tried them both and they have such different sort of trade-offs and benefits um, going back and forth between them. Because at the end of the day, like what I want is to have an, is to have a computer where I don't have to. I don't feel like sort of impinged on it's never impinging on my productivity for in a variety of means. It can be from a performance perspective. You know, I want to compile times to be fast. I want loading files and, you know, you know, going around in finder to be quick. Um, I want it to not annoy me in terms of like losing track of things, um, which I think we'll talk about towards the end of the episode. But there's, if you have any kind of multi-computer setup, you're going to have to 
make some complicated choices about how you keep things in sync and you don't lose files and you're not getting into the like, oh no, you know, this thing that I need is actually on my other computer and you have to go find it. Um, like you have all these different sort of things that you need to make sure that you're not, uh, that aren't getting in your way because you want your tools to be, you know, to be sharp and precise. Um, and because you're making the choice about them, you're like, you have no one to blame but yourself if your tools are getting in the way of your work. Um, so you kind of have to really think this through and honestly probably experiment a little bit um, over the course of a couple of years even to really understand this. Um, or you could uh, be you, Marco, and you could just buy every laptop that Apple <laughs> has ever made and uh, try them all out for uh, the two-week re- return period and then uh, bring them all back. Oh, I've only returned one. <laughs> oh, you just you just you just have you just have a nice corral of them now. The rest I've kept for too long, or sold later at at a substantial loss, or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been kind of expensive. Um, yeah, and so really, what you know, the the, the biggest I mean, people ask us all the time, you know, is is Mac X good enough for development, or or can can you develop on on you know a MacBook, or can you develop on a Mac Mini, or whatever else, like. Everybody asks these questions, and and the reality is, you can write i you know iOS software. You know you can develop software on any Mac. You can do it on the twelve inch MacBook. You can do it on a Mac Mini. You can do it on an iMac. You can do it on a Mac Pro, and everything in between. Like you can you can do it. The question, and with you know with some limited exceptions, like if you need like a powerful GPU for something that you're doing, and for some reason you need your computer to have that powerful GPU and not just the iOS device, uh, then you then you know that might push you up into like you know MacBook Pro slash iMac territory. But for the most part, you can develop on anything. The main limitations are going to be screen space and speed. That's like for developers, those are the things you need the most. You need number one, you need usually a good deal of screen space. And number two, it's nice to have some speed, especially when you're compiling larger projects um, or especially if you're using, you know, cutting edge tools or things like Swift that (laughs) this cutting edge tool named Swift uh, that that are that are harder on the hardware to, to compile. Like and all this is just to save you time. But the reality is like you can compile giant Swift projects on a 12-inch MacBook. It'll just take a little while longer. But lots of people do, and they're, they get along just fine. So it's, it's not so much need as want. Or, and you know, it's, it's a lot more about your priorities with, with which of these options that you should pick. Um, so number one is you know, usually people want to know desktop or laptop. And to me, like the... I, I'm a desktop person. I love desktops. My, my main computer is almost always a desktop. But the problem is that there will come a time, you know, you, a desktop is great for setting up, at, setting up in an office as like a permanent or semi-permanent workstation and that you go to the same place every day and use that desktop and you never have to take it with you. And if you're buying a desktop, you might partially rationalize it by saying, well, you know, when I travel, I can just take an iPad or my iPhone and, all, and that, that's fine. And that's fine for some people. But I know very, very few software developers who, who are fine with that setup long term. Uh, some try. Many try, actually. And I'm sure some, some do. But almost every software developer I know at some point ends up, if, if, they, if they have a desktop, at some point they end up also getting a laptop for travel purposes because you can't really do development work today on an iPad or an iPhone, uh, not, at least not app development work. Um, so 
many, many people will rationalize desktops, but will then buy a laptop. So you have to kind of price that into your estimates. You have to be expecting that from day one. And if you are going to go desktop, you have to be prepared to probably take on a multi-computer lifestyle in the future or immediately, uh, which we'll talk about in, in, in a few minutes. But so basically that's the big warning for desktops is they are awesome for so many reasons. They are better than having a notebook docked to a desk with a monitor and keyboard and mouse like dedicated desktops are even better than that because they can be faster they can be quieter they they have certain other advantages you know bigger storage bigger you know big screens like it's a great desktop is a great setup for that desk but you won't always have to work at that desk or you won't only have to work at that desk no matter how much you think that's probably going to change so you'll have to be, be prepared for that what most people, I think, do, I think that if I had to guess the most popular setup, most developers get a 13 or 15-inch MacBook Pro, and that is their only or primary computer. And they do everything on that. When they're at a desk, they either use it directly and just get neck pain, or they plug it into an external monitor and maybe have a keyboard and mouse also, which is, you know, it's, it's a great, like, kind of all-in-one compromise, you know, low-compromise setup. Um, that that setup where you have just a laptop like a, you have you have a, a good laptop and you you maybe you occasionally dock it to a monitor and stuff at a desk that is probably the best setup for most people it is by far the best bang for the buck because you don't have to you don't have to buy and maintain separate computers um and it is the most versatile because most of the time you have a desktop like environment and when you want to or need to take the computer somewhere else you can just unplug it from all that stuff and take it with you and then you have you know you have one computer that always has the files that you want on it you are only maintaining and paying for one computer and upgrading one computer uh, and lots of things become a lot simpler that way it isn't the best at everything but it's pretty good at everything yeah and i think that is the key like statement there is it's like i, I that is probably the right place for everybody to start um, and in many ways, like I think the, if you were just like an independent who was just like just starting off today, what should I get? It's like probably go and buy like the best MacBook Pro you can uh, afford. And that is going to work for you. Like do 99% of what you need most of the time. It's never going to do everything as well in some ways as a workstation would. It's not quite as portable as like a very small um, laptop is. But it's a, just like it is right in that sweet spot of being like it's 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 pretty good at m- almost everything. It's just not amazing at anything, um, and that's a great place to start. I know that's where I started. Like that's you know my first computer was a 15 inch MacBook Pro, and for years that was the uh, you know the approach I took, and it works pretty well. Um, and, and if you have an, especially if you have any a job that involves regular moving around. You know, like for a while I was when I was doing consulting, you know, having a, a laptop was just, it was just like a given. Like there was no way I could have done that job um, without having a laptop. And, in, you know, and so I would, you know, take my laptop, you know, to client sites and I'd be working at home and I'd be going back and forth and I didn't have to deal with syncing things up. And so like that was great. For me in my journey, though, like when I, when I got to a point that I stopped doing a lot of consulting, like once you taste the experience that is having a dedicated workstation, like a big, fast desktop machine, it is very hard, I find, to go back um, to a laptop. And in some ways, that's a cautionary tale. It's like, don't try that until you can really commit to it and afford it. Um, 
because it's really, really nice. Like your performance is much higher and in ways that you may not expect. Um, I mean, you have a lot more options in terms of from a performance perspective. Um, but in just in general, you're always going to be um, faster because you're dealing with, you know, you don't have all these constraints with heat and power that uh, a laptop has to worry about. Like a desktop is just, it's plugged into the mains. It has all the power it could ever need. Um, and cooling is, you know, it's this massive thing. And so like, I love my 5k iMac, like it is a great machine. Um, and I honestly kind of love that my main machine is physically tied to the wall. Like I can't, well, I, I have occasionally traveled with my with my iMac, which is a bit hilarious when really? you have it like when you have it like seat belted into um, <laughs> the passenger seat of your car. Like I had a couple of days where it's like I was working, I think I was working at my parents' house or something like that, and so it's like I just brought a, brought my my iMac with me. That's awesome. Um, which is hilarious, but in general, like it's you know it's it is chained to this desk in the best possible way, because what I found I would do when I had a MacBook Pro is it was so much easier to start to blur the lines between work and home um, where it's like, Oh, let me just check this thing. Um, and you know, I, like then half an hour later, I'm still just sitting there working when I'm at a time, you know, a point in my, in the day when I really shouldn't be working, when I should be engaged with the family. And one thing I like now is that like, sometimes that'll happen. You know, like we, my wife and I have this sort of this joke that uh, it's like, it's kind of like, it's almost like the bat signal goes up and the Riddler's on the loose. And it's like, all of a sudden it's like, honey, I got to go downstairs. Like a server just went down. Like I just need to do, you know, I get, I get a pingdom alert and yeah. I'm downstairs. And like when that happens, you know, when the Riddler's on the loose and I run downstairs, like that's great. And I can deal with it, but it is very clear that I'm, you know, I'm, I, I suddenly just, I suddenly went to work. I'm going to this dedicated place and I can't like trick myself and lie to myself and say, Oh no, no, I'm not, I'm not really working. I'm, I'm still around. Like I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this little thing on my laptop. And I really love that having a desktop forces me to do that. Um, and it's nice in some ways too, that, you know, I, so my current setup is an iMac and a 12 inch MacBook. And I mean, the MacBook is, it's certainly not as performant as, um, a MacBook Pro or a, or an iMac or a Mac Pro would be. Um, it's fast enough. Like I've done serious work on it. Like this past WWDC all week, all I had was my 12 inch MacBook and I did some serious development on it, you know, and it was fine. It's slow, but that, you know, that's just a choice I was making, but it is incredibly mobile. Like it is amazing how teeny and light that computer is. Yeah. You have a jacket that can fit it in the pockets. Yeah. No, I mean, I actually do. Like, there's just a little jacket that I can go into. Or even the thing that blows my mind with it is I will put it in my laptop when I'm packing. And then I will, you know, like, pick up my backpack um, and be like, oh, no, I forgot my computer. And then I'll go, like, <laughs> rifling through my backpack to make sure that it's in there. And, of course, it's in there. It just doesn't weigh anything. And, like, it's amazing. And in some ways, I kind of like that it's slow because if I am in that situation, like I always, I usually will bring a MacBook with me when I go on vacation with my family. Um, every now and then I'll just like, I won't and just kind of hope that nothing blows up or something, some situation arises where I really would need to, you know, to do proper work. Um, because that's the other tricky thing when you're self-employed, like you are the, you know, the on-call 24 hours a day for, for situations. And you can get, you know, like I have a uh, prompt, the SSH client on my iPhone. So sometimes I've like fixed things by just SSHing into a machine or things, but you know, I think a laptop is useful, but I kind of like that if I'm on vacation and I find myself falling into doing work, 
it's kind of uncomfortable. Like doing development work on a MacBook, on a 12 inch MacBook is a little uncomfortable. And it makes, it's kind of good to have this little, like this, this roughness to that experience. That's like, Hey Dave, you probably shouldn't be doing this for too long. If you do, <laughs> you're going to get it like a terrible neck strain. Your wrists are going to start hurting. Like bad things will happen. Like that, I, in some ways I kind of like that. Like it's, it's in that work, you know, that work device is geared towards allowing me to do it but not making it awesome. And like for a travel machine, that's what I love. And so that's why I kind of ended up in this, this situation where like I have this big beefy, you know, iMac downstairs and, you know, probably this fall end of this year, I'll probably be upgrading to either the iMac Pro or the new Mac Pro, depending on how that all pans out. But like I keep that machine fast, powerful, performant, you know, spend a kind of probably a ridiculous amount of money on it because it's the machine, you know, that builds my business. And then I have this teeny light, you know, uh, MacBook that I only have for when I absolutely have to work. And I kind of like that it's a, it's not, it doesn't do that great of a job because that forces me to, you know, put it down in those situations where I probably shouldn't be doing work anyway. <laughs> this is the most convoluted sales pitch for the 12 inch MacBook I've ever heard. <laughs> it, 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 works, it works for me. You should buy this machine because it kind of sucks. <laughs> Yeah, it is, but it, 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 it sucks in the best possible way. Like it is because yes, it was like, it's also awesome because it's so small, but it, the fact that it isn't, you know, if it's like, if you had a MacBook pro power in a 12 inch MacBook size, then it's like, okay, great. Like, that's awesome. You can totally do that and like run with that. And then that, I mean, that would be seriously cool if Apple somehow mag magic that into existence. But the fact that that isn't the case, like, I love that it's, it's enough like I've you know I've built and done serious work on it, but it doesn't it, it never feels good, and that's okay because I don't want it to feel good. I want you know my iMac at home to be where I feel like I'm just super productive and and tearing away, and when I'm on the road, I just want to get it done and then be done and move on, um, and not feel like I want to actually stay there. Yeah, that's reasonable. I mean, like I have the same kind of problem with um, with laptops in general. Like I don't like the ergonomics of working on laptops. I like a desktop with a screen that is, you know, two or three feet in front of me. And, well, not three. A, screen that's a, a big screen that's two feet in front of me, a big split ergonomic natural keyboard, a mouse on, on my right arm, and a trackpad on my left. Like, it, this big setup, like these big honking headphones that are comfortable to wear all day with a big amp driving them with a big physical volume knob so I don't have to mess with little buttons. Like, I like the... I, I just love desktops. And whenever I have to work on a laptop... I always, I, it's just like what you said, I'm uncomfortable. And I can get it done, even on a big one, even on a nice 15-inch. Like, I can get stuff done. I can get a lot of stuff done. And if that's all I had, I'd find a way to make it work all the time. But uh, even even when I was, you know, there were a few years where my primary computer was a 15-inch or 13-inch laptop. And during those times, I always had, like, a desk set up where I would dock it and plug in full-size peripherals. Because just, I'm just not comfortable working for any really significant period on a laptop. Anyway, we were sponsored this week by, uh, by uh, Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service with the freshest ingredients. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone and support a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards for ingredients, and they're building a community of home chefs, 
Here's how it works. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with fresh, high-quality ingredients for you to cook it yourself. You can make delicious home-cooked meals in 40 minutes or less. Every meal comes with a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card, and the ingredients are all portioned out to exactly how much you need and no more, so there's no giant waste. Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient makes it there safely and arrives ready to cook, or they will make it right. I have personally, my wife and I have used Blue Apron now for well over a year. We have this giant stack of these wonderful recipe cards, and their hit rate is so good. Like, for in, a, in an entire year, there's been maybe like three meals that we didn't like out of, I mean, how many, it's, you know, 150 meals or so for that time that we've had with them and it's like their hit rate is so good their their food is great their recipes are great and it makes us a better it makes us better chefs like on the nights that we don't have blue apron now we are way better at cooking stuff because we've been doing this for a year we've had so many different techniques different ingredients entirely different cuisines introduced to us that we never would have had before it's awesome and there's no weekly commitment, so you only get deliveries when you want them. If you go on a vacation or if you don't have time next week, you can just cancel next week's. No problem. You don't pay for it. It's so easy to manage with their side of their app. It's wonderful. So anyway, check out this week's menu and get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by going to blueapron.com slash radar. You will love how good it feels and tastes to make incredible home-cooked meals yourself with Blue Apron. So get started today by going to blueapron.com slash radar. You get three free meals with free shipping thanks to blue to blue apron very much for their support of this show blue apron a better way to cook so once you have decided what computer setup you are like if you're going the approach of um having just like the one computer to rule them all like the 15 inch macbook pro great life is probably pretty straightforward for you you download all your tools you download your source code and you get to work and if that's you, like, great, more power to you. Except when you unplug it from the big monitor and all your windows move. That is unfortunate. That is, <laughs> that is most unfortunate. Um, but if that is not you, and you are going to embrace the multi-Mac lifestyle, um, you're going to have to deal with a few things that um, can be a little bit tricky. And I kind of, it seems like it made sense to just kind of spend the last part of this episode kind of unpacking that. Because now you're suddenly in this situation where, you have two different computers with two different sets of uh, applications on them and developer tools, and you have two different. You have to you have two different places that you need to get all your source code, your auxiliary files, your design files, um, your SSH keys. Like suddenly, all these things need to uh, sort of stay in sync for it to be somewhat seamless, um, because ideally, you know, you can be I, you know you can be working on your big workstation at home and then. Or you, you know, you you go off somewhere. You pick up your lap, you pick up your laptop and your you know, travel machine. You open it up and you can sort of pick up where you left off. That would be the dream. In order to do that, it can be a little tricky. And I mean, I've tried all manner of approaches to to, to make this this work. And um, the key thing, and I think the the key place to start is to just try and be conscious about what you will need. And, you know, for where you are going to be and, you know, what are you actually working on? What are the little things that anytime you come across something that you're missing, like make a mental note of this, make, you know, work out a way to keep that in sync. And for the most part, like with the approach I take, and I don't know if this is, this is a recommendation so much as an observation, is I, uh, I sync my source code back and forth between my workstation and my uh, 12-inch MacBook with Dropbox. Um, Wait, really? Not version control? <laughs> 
no, that is, I, I sync it back and forth using Dropbox because I'm the only person who ever changes my source code. And so it works fine. And only one person is ever editing it at, at once. Oh my God. I, Please tell me you're at least also using version control, right? Oh yeah, I, I, I absolutely use version control. And like, that's one thing that it works. I found that works actually pretty well is like all, you know, there's I, all of my source code is, you know, is, is version controlled with Git, but I don't do the thing where like I'm, you know, pushing like I, you know, I make I make make a branch, and then I make I click, you know commit all my local changes, push it upstream somewhere, and then pull it down on my laptop. Like I found that workflow um, to be just so cumbersome to be have to go back and forth via version control. That just doing file level sync works fine. And the nice thing is because I have version control as well. Version control is in this situation. Like I would not recommend this if you have anything other than one person. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, if you have obviously. two people, this is a complete. non-starter don't go anywhere near something like dropbox (laughs) with your source control if you have more than one person but if you have one person like i only ever edit source at one time because i'm only one person i only have two hands like the nice thing is if dropbox does something weird if if like some weird file conflict situation happens i have git in the background sort of catching those and dealing with them for me um you know so i'll get the in git it'll be like hey you have you know these two files one of the you know are different now or you in dropbox you end up with like the conflicted copy situation and like i said not a recommendation just an observation about how i do it because otherwise i found it really difficult to make sure that i always have every file i would ever want and need with me at the same time like otherwise i remember doing crazy things like i would go have to i'd be on the road somewhere like off on vacation and i realized i missed some file somewhere and i'd be going into backblaze and <laughs> like yep. accessing the you know like which is in some like this this off-site backup of my computer trying to dig around in their like web interface to try and find the file and then download it but like that's no way to live. And so for me, <laughs> Backblaze has saved my butt so many times when I'm like, when I forgot a file on my home computer while I've been traveling. <laughs> yeah. Like it's great. And I'm, I'm super glad and highly recommend having something like that running in the background always. So like all your files are always in some offsite backup that you can access anywhere. And like every now and then you, who knows, you may be in a situation like this has happened to me where I didn't even have a computer um, or any of my computers with me, but I needed to do some work-related thing. And it's great to have something like Backblaze to just, like, I grab the folder down on just, like, someone else's Mac, did a little bit of work, did whatever I needed to sort out, and then I could do that work just, you know, from anywhere without, you know, starting from from scratch. All I needed was a web browser. Um, but, like, whatever way you approach, whatever approach you take, like, you need to do something to keep, you have to have all of your source files uh, on both machines. And, if version control works for you, that's probably the, that's probably the better approach. Um, but at the very least, you need something to make sure that your source files are back and forth. Otherwise, you're going to drive yourself absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, it probably depends a lot on like how often you switch machines. Like for me, I, I almost never use my laptop. When I do, I like fully switch to it for, uh, say, a trip or, you know, a week or, you know, like something like that. Like I... I I'm not like switching every day, multiple times a day between desktop and laptop. So if, if for for frequent switching, I actually think putting your source checkouts on Dropbox, like you just said, that actually sounds less crazy now than that you've explained. <laughs> it's like actually, yeah, I have occasionally been in the place where I have to like take my laptop and I forgot to commit some files at home or whatever else, and 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 you know that's that's a pain. But it's it's not a problem for me usually because I'm not switching daily. I'm switching maybe monthly, um, and, and so yeah, we'll see. But 
otherwise, yeah, I think I mostly agree with you. I mean, the the, the main challenges of having multiple computers have largely disappeared with the rise of so many cloud sync services. You know, we have Dropbox, we have iCloud, uh, and and there's all these other other all these other things now. So many things are now web services. Even the version control thing itself, like version control for individual developers, used to be a difficult thing. Now you can just get a GitHub account and have a ton of private repositories for not that much money a month. Like it's so easy now to do all this stuff. I mean, really the, the main, the the main pain in the butt now of multi-computer lifestyle is not data. It's software. Yeah. And I think that's like probably the place to finish up is, is like, there's all these little things that you have to keep in track, keep, keep in mind. Like the one that's been driving me crazy recently is the, um, ha- the number of versions of Xcode that <laughs> yeah. I have. Xcode beta season is rough for this. Like, where you, because you have all these weird situations where, like, if you build and run on one situ- on one Xcode and you have another version, build and run on another version of Xcode, like, you can have conflicting build settings or things that are out of whack, or you may think you're using the latest version, but you're actually using a version from, like, two builds ago. It's just one of those things that you just have to be aware of. And, like, there's not, I wish there was, a, like, a magic solution to this. The reality is you just have to be aware of it. And every time you start developing, like I, the number of times during, especially the summer that I go to like the about menu of Xcode to double check that I'm actually running the version (laughs) that I think I'm running that like, yes, I am running Xcode 9.0 beta three. Like that is what I should be running. Like, it's just something that you have to deal with. Um, It's also probably worth mentioning that like I find it. I know you can do have like a multi certificate situation for like code signing and things. I tend to take the approach if I export all of my sort of keychain certificates from my main desktop, anytime I get a new laptop and I put those onto my laptop, same thing with my SSH keys. Like you can, I could have multiple versions for me. It just works simpler um, to have the same certificates, like my same main developer and distribution certificate is the same on all my machines. So there's just less fuss that I have to do. Yeah, I do the same thing. I use the uh, the export developer profile feature of Xcode in the accounts yeah. pane and the import developer. A lot of people don't know that that's there. Uh, it's amazing. You can just export developer profile. You basically export all of your certificates and signing stuff, provisioning profiles, all into one password-protected archive file. And then you can move that file to another computer, import it there, and have all your setup. It's amazing. Yeah, and so definitely recommend it. Because, I mean, you just want to have an environment that is productive for you and as long as you're thoughtful about it like actually think it through and i mean the reality is developers were probably going to overthink it rather than underthink <laughs> it but as long as you've given it some thought like you can have some really you know some really sweet environments now that you know we have really capable computers really you know powerful syncing systems between them and you can get a lot of work done without your machine getting in the way which i gotta say is pretty awesome thanks for listening everybody and we'll talk to you next week bye